You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Dave and I are sitting at my bar. It's late. Not uh, that late. I mean, well, I mean, it's late enough that like we had to kick a priest out of the bar because he had to do mass in the morning. Dude, that priest was. <laughs> that priest so, would not have left. What no podcast you know I do? What I do a podcast with a with a local Catholic priest who's a Navy chaplain and a former U.S. Marshal, who you know would would rather after confession go and find the guy who did the crime and shoot him than anything else. Like, I mean, he's 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 the Wild West of priest. He's very entertaining. The name of the show is called Me and the Priest. But he was down here and he was he was hanging out and he was doing the show. Now, the wives are sitting down at the end of the bar. You can hear them in the background. Right. Chit-chatting. Your wife's like a conspiracy theorist. I guess. She's still trying to solve JFK. Yeah, no. I've, I've, she's going to do it all on her own. No, she's not. I like her. She's I not. like I like the fact that she wants to do something. Though. Like, I mean, like, look how much she cares about it. Don't you wish the White Sox front office cared so much about building a team that's a very interesting segue so i do my best to segue no that's good yeah. that was very slick yeah very slick I, d- I didn't see where you were going with this but now i do you know the manny machado fiasco was just starting to die down right and so a, w- a couple of days ago bryce harper goes and signs with the phillies for uh what is it 13 years 330 million okay now the whole thing pretty much got resurrected White Sox social media was taking a pounding on Twitter. On pretty much every social media site they have, just taking an absolute pounding for being a cheap organization. Kenny Williams, in his infinite wisdom, decides rather than just try to move on from this thing, shut up and go away and move on this thing, he decides he wants to come out and throw even more gasoline on the fire. And he talks to Daryl Van, uh, what is it, Daryl Van Schoen? I think it's Schoen Schoen or Schoen. I don't know. In the Sun Times, which I'll I'll bring up about this in just a second, and he goes off on these whole comments of, you know, we're not cheap. We offered Manny a quarter of a million. And all we I had to do was stay healthy. Yeah, like he could have been talking about us. He could have been he could have been talking about us because we said a lot of the things that he addressed. And what was funny, even about the Daryl Van Schoen article, even Daryl Van Schoen from the Sun Times was calling, was contradicting Kenny Williams on everything that he was saying. Now. You can pretty much go ahead and Google the Sun-Times article to see just the ridiculous statements that Kenny Williams was making. All he had to do was shut up and go away, right? But he decided he that can't he just... Go away. He, he, He's he like a moth to a flame. He, Chris, he couldn't he can't help, himself. help himself. He couldn't help himself. He's the most egotistical blowhard in Major League Baseball. Now, rather than recap every part of that article, and by all means, if you want to, go ahead. No, I didn't think so either. Because I don't even want to talk about him because, to me, he's somebody who shouldn't have the job that he has and shouldn't be part of any major league organization at the highest level and should have lost his job years ago. Now, and he's fortunate that he's employed by Jerry Reinsdorf, now, who doesn't like to fire people. Right. Now, Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't like to fire Doesn't people. like to or is, is pr- pretty much incapable of. I mean, think of. about it. The, the last time he really fired somebody for cause. Tony he got, La Russa. He, Well, no. He got rid of LaRusso because he made the wrong decision. Like, let's never forget. He got rid of LaRusso because he took Hawk Harrelson's side 
<laughs> I can't say it without laughing. No, I know. It's a joke. And and then he has to get rid of Harrelson because it turns out he should have just kept LaRusso and Harrelson was a problem. Exactly. Then he in interviews after the World Series when he was feeling good about himself. And that's the thing. If you're if you're a Sox fan our age or older, like the younger Sox fans, I think, may have missed this with the 05 World Series. Right. In the in the glow that was after 05, in 06, he gave lots of interviews. And people would ask him questions like, what's your biggest mistake that you ever made? I should have never fired Tony LaRusso. I remember that. I'll never make the mistake again of picking a general manager over a, over a manager. You sure about that? And then, a couple years later, he held on to Kenny and let go Ozzie. Yep. Now, I know only screwed that up. Only Gian was the big problem. Well, with his, and, with his and, big and Ozzie Gian Ozzie Ozzie probably should have shut his kid up. Ozzie Gian wore out his welcome anyway. But guess what? If you're going to get rid of anybody, if you wanted to get rid of Ozzy, Kenny should have gone too. Yes. Kenny was a huge problem in that. And he, again, chose the guy that was in upper management over the guy that was lower. And that has always been his problem as an owner. He, The guys that he sees on a regular basis, he has a very hard time firing them. No. And he, because these are the guys that he trusts. And to get rid of them would mean he might have to actually run the team for a week. And I don't think he knows what he's doing. No, he doesn't. So his Let thing me, is like, if I get rid of the general manager, who's going to tell the manager what to do until I get a new general manager? Somebody so, help me. And I, I think that's what happens. I think he just, he likes it when somebody comes in and gives him the rosy picture. And I think he listens to the rosy picture. And as long as he's making money, he doesn't give a crap what else is going on. Yeah, but we've already, And he makes money every year. Right. He makes money, but he doesn't make, as we've pointed out on the last podcast, he doesn't make anywhere near as much. But he's as he pragmatic. He's a pragmatic businessman. And he makes his money pragmatically. And he goes, I don't need to take big risk as long as the paycheck keep coming in. Listen, the White Sox made a declaration. And it's been lost, I think, on a lot of people. But when you look at what happened with Machado, and you look at what happened now with Harper, and the fact that Harper took less money per year and just wanted length of contract, what the White Sox have said is, what Jerry Reinsdorf has said is, there is a limit to the amount of years I will commit to a player. And I believe based upon the age of both of these players and based upon the age of other free agents over the years, when you look back at it, Jerry Reinsdorf does not want to pay anybody once they're past 34 years of age. So if a free agent came out next year and he was 29 years old or 30 years old like Anthony Rendon, Jerry Reinsdorf would only be willing to give him a four-year deal. Right. Because he doesn't believe in any value after that age. Now, sabermetrically, you would make the argument that he's right. And he is right. But the market is dictating that there's no way you can get a high-talent guy unless you're going to pay for a couple bad years on the back end. And that's and, true and he's in every... Not, Chris, Chris, that's true in every sport but now. But he's not that's willing to do it. That's true in every it. sport. He's not willing to do it. I know he's that. He's never going to do it. Socks in the basement... Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. So let me just get back to, not to derail this, but let me just get back to this article for a little bit. Because like I said, I don't want to, you guys who are listening to the podcast, you guys can go and Google this article and you can witness the absurdity for yourself. But there's a very key line in here. Like as I was reading this in pure disgust, there is a line in here that literally made me almost throw up my lunch when I was eating at, you know, Chipotle and Tinley Park a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days that ago. That is the most Southside thing I've ever heard you say in my life. Well, You've had about four or five rum drinks and you're like, when I was eating at the Chipotle and Tinley Park, 
I almost threw up my lunch. I'm trying to provide a with visual. With the shit in the fire. I'm trying to provide a visual for you, Chris. <laughs> I'm trying to, this theater of the mind here, man. I'm trying to provide a visual. Speaking of theater of the mind, digest this comment from uh, the, the ever-wise Kenny Williams. Okay, when making excuses, remember what I said about uh, solutions, not excuses last week. Kenny's making excuses the whole time in this article. He says, and I quote, Our fans would have been much more disappointed in our inability to keep this next core together. That's not true. We would have overextended ourselves had we gone to an uncomfortable level. Now, I have a one simple question for, for everybody here. What in God's green earth core is he talking about? Is he talking about Tim Anderson? He of the most he's ever going to hit no, is 250 he's batting average. About a core that is, is he, established. Is he talking about Yon Mankata? No. He of the 232 he's batting sell, average. He's trying to sell you. On or is he talking? Wait a minute. Is he, or is he talking about? Is he talking about a bunch of people that? Is he talking about he of Michael Kopech, who's had all of 13 major league innings and blew out his arm? The what core thing, are we talking the about? The worst thing that Kenny's doing right now is that he's talking to White Sox fans like they never met him before. This is a guy who never believed in prospects. He never believed in youth. No, he, he would didn't. trade each and right. every one of these. He would trade each and every one of these prospects right now if he could get Ken right. Griffey Jr. out of retirement. He never believed in youth and he never believed in prospects. And now this same guy, after Rick Hahn somehow convinced Jerry Reinsdorf this was the way to go, this same guy is trying to sell Sox fans on a core group of players that are unproven that we don't know if they're going to be good or not. Look, Lewis Robert could be good. Sure. Eloy Jimenez could be good. Maybe. Michael Adolfo could be good. Um, Michael Kopech might Michael be Kopech good. Michael could be good. I think he's going to be good. We know that Tim Anderson is not good. Nick, Nick Madrigal could be good. We know that, we know that Yohan Mankata at this point is probably not going to be good. Let's, let's, just, let's just talk about what the White Sox are trying to tell you is going to be the roster in two years. In two years, you have two catchers. You have a first baseman, who should be Jose Abreu, but you know this team. They'll probably try to prove to you that they didn't get Yonder Alonso, okay, just to get Manny Machado. And they're going to give him that 550 they'll, they'll let Abreu go and keep Alonso. You watch. Oh, my God. This, that's what this team will do. I would laugh oh my so God. bad. And then you get Madrigal at second, and you get Anderson at short, and you get Mancada at third. And you put Jimenez out in the outfield along with Mike Rodolfo and Lewis Robert. And then you have a couple other guys that kind of come up that are like filling in the team. And then you got your five starters, Rodan, Kopech, Kopech Cease, Cease. Uh, Giolito, and Lopez. Lopez. Okay? And a couple other guys that come up. Right. And what they're trying to tell you is that that team is a 90-win team. Wrong. Now, here's the problem. Wrong. Not every prospect hits. No, you're lucky if you're lucky if one third of your prospects hit. Chris. These guys are fun to watch in spring training and go crazy, but there's no guarantee. Let me tell you something right now. Eloy Jimenez is trying to come up right now in spring training, and people are clamoring for him. He's not doing anything right now at this point in spring training that impresses me. Right. He's going up against major league pitching, and he looks. Average. Major League Pitching, who's still getting tuned up and warmed up right. for the season. I don't see him hitting bombs out all the time like he was on YouTube. You know, I think he's going to be a good player. But you're kidding yourself if you believe that just because a guy is a highly touted prospect, he's going to be good. The baseball world is littered 
with highly touted prospects who are that not, aren't very good. And when you're and talking the White about, Sox are okay, trying to ahead. convince you as a fan base that all these guys are going to be good. They're not all going to be good. No, and You have to make a move, and they're not going to do it. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because I, you know, since this happened, as you know, I've gotten into a couple of arguments on social media, which I shouldn't do because it's, you know, it really doesn't help anything, and it's beneath me, to be honest with you. But it happens. You know, let's can we make one thing clear right now? Can we stop, Chris, talking about, and I'm not saying you and I are doing it, but I'm talking, you know, the White Sox brass, and I'm talking about the Sox fans who are buying into the what the White Sox brass is telling me. Can we please stop r- r- talking about Yohan Mankata as if he is the second coming of Jose Altuve? Please, can we stop this? Can we stop talking about Tim Anderson as if he is the second coming of Nolan Arenado? Listen, because guess what? They're not. White Sox these guys, These guys, Tim Anderson, Yohan Mankata, these guys, at best, you've seen at least, you've seen two years of Tim Anderson. You've seen a year and a half, almost two years of Yohan Mankata cumulatively, okay? You know what? I think you're being a little harder on Mankata They're than you just, Yeah, but you know You what? really only got one full season of Mankata. They're just you got, can't count, you, know you can't count the, the, the Red Sox stuff because of the way that they brought him up at the time that they brought him up was reckless. I I I I still think Fine. you've only got one year. We'll of circle back on. We'll circle back this. on the. All you on, on, on Mankata is if you're lucky. He's if, a guy. If you're lucky, he's a 290 hitting third baseman. And hits 25 home runs. Maybe that's it. He's but but even that, dude. He's better than Yomer Sanchez. But I don't even know if he's out of World Series team. But but you know what? But you know what? Jose Altuve. He is not. Okay. No. Tim Anderson. You know he is. He's not Nolan Arenado. Go look at the stats of, of of Altuve and Arenado after the same amount of at bats that Anderson and Mankata have. The stats aren't even close. So can we please stop talking about? First of all, White Sox brass. We don't believe a, a thing they're saying of oh we're going to need all these millions and millions and millions and millions no, of dollars so we can sign sign these guys no. because you know what they're not going to be worth Nolan Arenado or Jose Altuve money because they're not that quality but this of is player. How, this is how baseball and, works. And, and the problem is but this is how baseball of, works. The problem is I'm getting a lot of White Sox fans that are believing it. They're like well, oh we don't need we don't need Manny Machado. We don't need Bryce Harper. They're, they're we have Yohan Mankata. We have Tim Anderson. Listen, listen, listen. Stop it. This is how baseball works. What what how baseball really works is you build a base, but then you have to be ready to make a move to bring in somebody that's going to help your base. Now I could sit here right now and tell you, well, we haven't really gotten our base, so don't panic. But what makes me nervous as a White Sox fan is you see other teams now that are realizing we need to lock up these guys before they even get the free agency. Mm, And I don't think your free agency pool is going to be as deep as you thought it was going to be. The market is changing, especially like, especially seeing as how the Machado Harper thing played out over this free agency just year, like, season. Just here. like market always corrects itself, and the market is correcting itself now. And whereas you may have been ahead of the curve with the idea of stockpiling pitching, which is what he was doing in his rebuild, I thought it was smart what they were doing. But we're seeing a pivot now by the market. And the Sox have to adjust. And I'm not saying it's impossible for them to adjust. But what scares me is the way that they're acting right now. If they came out and said, we messed up, we'll do better, I'd feel better about this. Like all of the other teams that I mentioned last week have done. Justifying what they did makes me scared that they don't want to accept that the market is changing. That free agents are not going to be as plentiful as they were. The teams are going to sign stars that they may now have to look at the possibility of we may need to think about this. 
we may need to trade a couple of prospects now for a player that is 18 months away from free agency in the middle of the season mm-hmm, right. that we can get a contract done with before he hits free agency. That may be the new, because you always have to find that's a tough, the thing that other teams dude, aren't doing. That's a tough thing to buy, man, because number one, again, like you said, how many of these prospects are actually going to work out? Number one, number two, are the White Sox even going to be able to get such a contract? But are done? teams still in love with prospects? You always have to look for the market inequalities. And that's what baseball has always been. The reason sabermetrics worked and, and the reason the whole thing with Moneyball and everything else was because it was discovered that there were people who weren't valuing players for what they were. And somebody figured that out. And, and then it, it was applied by Billy Bean first. And then the Red Sox did it to win a world championship. And there, there were there that. And now everybody does it. Right. So now everybody's working with war and and B war and F war not, not, not the White Sox. No, even they even they are trying to evaluate guys that way. They're not doing a great job, but they're doing it. But the, then the next thing was okay. The next market inequality was if we trade away and we build a core and we get them young, we manipulate their service time, we bring them up. Then what we do is then we grab one or two big free agents and we win a World Series. Well, yeah, that's the been Cubs the formula. Did it. Yeah, the Astros did it. It's been a formula, right? Red Sox have done it. And now what's happened is the market has shifted again because of the way that things are working. You either have to be willing to pay an exorbitant amount of money, which we were not able to do. Clearly. We're not not capable of doing. And then what happened was in just the last week, the market has readjusted itself. You have all kinds of guys who are going to be free agents in 2020. Who are no longer going to be free agents right, because they're signing now. Their teams are signing them now. The market is shifting. Are they going to adjust or are we going to be a team full of prospects and nothing else? And that's frightening because here's the thing. I I have two different schools of thoughts. On one hand, I give Rick Hahn credit for getting what he got for Adam Eaton. Okay. Well, yeah. And I give Rick Hahn credit for try for at least convincing the White Sox this was the way to go. But I can't give him credit for what he got for Chris Sale because for Chris no, not Sale, yeah, we haven't seen it yet. You should be able to get great players, and I haven't seen a great player yet. No. Okay, I got I got one guy that looks like he's going to be a good pitcher to hurt himself, and I got another guy that played an entire year and hit two twenty. I don't, I don't, With I haven't seen average it. defense at best. And you should be able to get good prospects for Chris Sale. So there's nothing special about that. So on one hand, I see him as the guy who unfortunately has bad bosses. But I also see him as a guy that has done some things that I really liked and some things that I think anybody could do if they ran a fantasy baseball team once in their life. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They could pull off that trade. And so now the real question is, can he adjust to the way the market has changed? Because now you have an Arnado, a Rendon that's probably going to get re-signed before he gets to free agency. You get a Miles Mikolas, you see, that gets re-signed by the Cardinals at the age of 30. You can bet Mike Trout's getting re-signed. I don't, think they, I don't think they can re-sign him. I think he's going to come free. But when Mike Trout comes free, it'll be a big deal. Yeah, and you ain't paying it. And Those you're Sox, not going to get it. The Sox ain't paying it. No, because it. they're never going to give that. No. Because here's the thing. If you're a superstar, you know you're not going to be good at 38 years old. But you are like, somebody will pay me at 38 years old. Yes. To get my good years. And the White Sox are not willing to do that. So if you're not willing to do that, what do you do now? Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. 
I did the broadcast basement with Chris for 10 years and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the broadcast basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at broadcastbasement.com. Put yourself in Rick Hahn's shoes. Let's just say, without an opinion on Rick Hahn, tomorrow, Rick Hahn suddenly dies. And Oh, God, no. Yeah, no, no. And, and, and as he's dying, much like the movie Inner Space, where um, the, the scientist injects Randy Quaid into Rick Moranis' butt. Was it Rick Moranis? No, no, no it wasn't Rick Moranis. You're thinking, was, honey, uh, I shrunk the kids. No, 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 who is it? Martin it was, Short. Martin Short. Martin Short. Okay, so you're Martin Short. And, and now Dennis Quaid has been injected into your butt. See what I'm saying? And you now all of a sudden have to run the White Sox. Yes. I know it's a weird way to get to it, but I'm just okay, trying, but to, I'm I'm, trying I'm to get I'm with you. Go with this. And your boss is Kenny Williams, and your owner is Jerry Reinsdorf. And you have this team. The question now is, what would you do? Knowing that you can only give so many years, knowing that you can only give so much money, knowing that the market is changing, and knowing what you have, what would you do? Because now it's time to pivot and find something else. Well, and that's the real question. So that's here's, what I'm going to answer that question. We have to figure out. I'm going to answer media. that question for you. The only thing he can do, Chris, the only thing he can do is have backup plans for prospects at pretty much every single position and hope that at least one of them or two of them turn out to be a superstar on the caliber of a Nolan Arenado or a Jose Altuve or a Manny Machado or somebody like that, because that is the only way you are going to get a player of that caliber. Then at that point, if you already have that superstar, that generational player from within, yeah, sure. Now you can go ahead and fill in the rest of the gaps with just regular average serviceable guys. Well, here's the thing. I went and looked this up and I looked up the notable free agents for the next couple of years that are, and you don't even know if these guys will get re-signed, okay? But what we have to do is we have to find guys that we think will be available and won't get re-signed by their team and that you're going to be willing to spend the money in years, okay? Okay. Okay, so the only catcher that's notable is Francisco Cervelli, and I think I'm willing to let the two prospects that we have play in 2020. Yeah, before you go and get another catcher in the right. mix, yeah. First base is Goldschmidt and Abreu. I think you need to re-sign Abreu because you're not going to get you're going to get Abreu at a hometown discount. And and that's the guy you want. And if you keep Alonzo for next year, you've you you're just you're just cutting your nose off to spite your face because you're trying to prove. And Kenny you're would trying do to that. prove a point. Kenny I know would do he would. That. I Kenny know would he prove would a point that. to the fans by letting Abreu go and saying we always wanted we always wanted Yonder Alonso, but that's that's not really no, true, and no, we all know it. No. Okay. Second base. This is brutal. Jonathan Shoup sucks. Oh, God, he sucks. That's the top of the list. Scooter Jeanette. I like him. I like Scooter Jeanette, but not enough. I mean, like you could add him. I mean, like right now. I mean, again, that's a nice piece. I mean, that's a he's guy. A piece, but that's what you're going to have to be now. You're going to have to be the Bears. Remember that? That's what that's what Pace did. Pace just started adding pieces so that he got a little better, a little better, a little better. Yeah, and also but broke even through. Pace came. Even Pace went out and got you Khalil Mack. Third base, Arenado. He's not. He's no. gone. He's been picked up. He's been picked up. Yeah. Rendon is supposedly going to end up with the with the Washington Nationals again. They're going to try to sign him to an extension. Josh Donaldson, who's on a one year contract, prove it deal out of every year. So that's your guy, Donaldson. Now I think he's going to be like thirty two as your third baseman. 
So that's why Moncada's sitting at third, because guess who's your third baseman because they can't find another guy? It's Moncada. Yeah. Okay. Shortstop. Well, you can get two really good shortstops, but you would have to admit that Tim Anderson is not good enough. Which they won't do. You go get Xander Bogarts or D.D. Gregorius. I like Xander Bogarts a lot. Okay. I really like him. I think he's tw- he's going to be a 26-year-old superstar shortstop. He's the next guy you take a run at. But you're going to have to admit that Anderson's not your shortstop. I don't think they can do that, I don't Chris. think they can do that because they would have to admit that the, the guy that they drafted isn't good enough. But that's the whole thing. This is how this works. You build a base, and then you can't be afraid to break a few eggs to make an omelet. And they're afraid to do that. And that's what scares me about this team. Outfielders. We have a mess of outfielders. Out of uh, Marcelo Zuna, Nicholas Castellanos, Yasiel Puig, Aaron Hicks, and Adam Eaton, none of them I think I would want to have instead of the guys who we're bringing up. No, I would rather just take my chances with the guys that that are up the pike. Chris I Davis always, and J.D. Martinez. I have always, not worried about them. I have always said I am not worried about outfield depth from within because the White Sox have plenty of it. In reality, the only real upgrade you can give your team is Josh Donaldson at third, if Moncada completely flops. Which we've already agreed we don't want. Or D.D. or Xander at short. Right. Because you're going you're gonna to give Mandrigal a chance. So you're yeah. not going to go get Scooter Jeanette. So in reality, you're going to re-sign Abreu and no, because there's not a lot out there next year. So there's no big guy coming in to boost your team. No. Next year's offseason is about to be as bleak as this year's offseason, which is frightening. Well, unless, so now, they, unless the Sox, unless the Sox actually make, have to the make a trade. smart move. They're going to have to make trades. a trade. They have to start looking at trades because they're not going to get it in free agency. Now, well, there was a great trade that, you know, there was a great trade that almost that didn't happen. That almost happened that you and I both loved when they were talking about uh, this was right around at Sox Fest. The name escapes me now. Uh, Jock. Uh, Jack Peterson. Yeah, and they didn't do they, it. They didn't do it. No. And we both sat at the That'd bar. That'd be a good deal. And we both sat at the bar and they're like, Well, they could go get Adam Jones right now. And, and Eloy looks up to him. He literally says in articles how he's one of the top three outfielders he's ever watched. You could bring in this guy to mentor a guy that you care that much about, Eloy, and it'll only cost you $10 million. And you, were, and you have all that money sitting around. Remember, you're going to spend it. Right. And you don't want to bring in Adam Jones. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense why he's not on the team right now. Okay, now let's look at the next offseason. So we're talking at the offseason between 2020 and 2021. When you hope that they'll finally make a move. Okay. This is the next realistic moment where they make a move. So this is, I'm just this gonna is, give you, this is the plan, according to Rick Hahn, of 2020, 2021. We're so going to be winning World Series. Now you hope that a lot of these prospects have come along and they're good and it's time to fill holes. So if the catchers aren't any good, JT Real Moto's out there. I don't think they're going to get him. You better be ready to pay. First base... I, I still hope that you've kept Abreu because it's only Matt Carpenter who's going to be super old. C.J. Cron who's not that good. Yuli Gurriel who's not that good. And Ryan Zimmerman who's going to be super old. And so that's why you have to keep Abreu. And you okay? have nothing coming up the pike at first base. Nothing. Okay. Although like, a lot of, from within. Although a lot of people have told me that eventually Eloy will be a first baseman because he sucks at defense. That's a possibility. Well, okay. He'll be the first baseman. Second base. If Mandergirl doesn't work out, Starlin Castro. Oh, my God. Excuse me while I barf. Jason Kipnis and Cesar Hernandez. God, how old is Kipnis you better, now? You better hope you find a second baseman in-house. How old is Kipnis going to be in that year? Like That's got to be 37 years old. 35? Right. Uh, Justin Turner is going to show up with his cane at third base. Oh, boy. Along with Zach Cozart and Jake Lamb. Mike Moustakas yeah. is still going to be on one-year. better find deals. a third baseman. 
Okay. Josh Donaldson will still be on a one-year prove-it deal. Again, shortstop. If you could just figure out what to do with Tim Anderson, because again, it's another upgradable position. Okay. Because guess what? Andrelton Simmons is a better shortstop than Tim Anderson. And Jurgensen Brofar is a better shortstop than Tim Anderson. And they'll both be out there. Well, and this is what I was saying before. Like the way the the way that Kenny Williams and the White Sox are selling this is they are selling Tim Anderson. I said it before, they are selling Tim Anderson as the next second coming of of Nolan Arenado. He's not. He's a guy. Okay. He's a two fifty hitter. In the outfield, you got Trout. Not Betts, hap- Not happening. Trout, Betts, not Springer, Cespedes, Peralta, Brantley, Peterson, Bradley Jr., Bruce, and Giancarlo Stanton. If he opts out, I like half of them. Yeah, some of, there's some nice there's some nice names there. And there's some pitchers like DeGrom will come out, but he's going to be like 33 years old. Still going to be serviceable, but he's going to be on the old end. Okay, so now here's the thing. Looking at these lists, theoretically, if you had an infinite amount of money and you actually got these free agents, your best case scenario for this team is that you end up with JT Realmuto as your catcher for the 2021 season. Okay. Okay, and... You're able to grab a Scooter Jeanette at worst to be able to move around as a utility guy. And at best, he's your second baseman if manager goal doesn't work out. Right. Okay. And your shortstop, you can get Bogarts or Gregorius. In the previous year, but you have, again, but you'd you have, have to, to make admit, that decision you now. Have to, you have to admit that Tim Anderson is nothing more than nobody's, what he is. Nobody's waiting for you later on. See what I'm saying? Right. So those are the moves. The White Sox have to make, and you got to hold on to Abreu. So the White Sox have to decide. We're keeping Abreu and spending the money. The White Sox have to decide we're going to go out and get a better shortstop because if we're going to be lacking a third because there's no third baseman and Moncada's the guy, we have to upgrade somewhere, so it's got to be Anderson. As much as you like him, it's got to be Anderson. It's the only free agent that's going to be out there unless you start making trades. I mean, it's the writing's on the wall. Right, I know that. It's him. If you're looking, if you look at this like they're not people and you just look at this as moving parts... Tim Anderson's position at shortstop is the most upgradable position over the next couple of years in free agency. See, uh, I don't know. I mean, and JT Realmuto, a catcher. I think you have. I mean, I think you have a lot more potential to upgrade at third base or second base if Madrigal doesn't work okay, out. Okay, but but because, who, again, we don't know about these two guys. We know at least what no, Tim no, no, Anderson no, I'm is. I'm just saying, there's nobody really that you're going to get. What are you going to do? You're going to sign Josh Donaldson? You going to sign? You going to sign him? No, please. You going to put Justin Turner out there at 38 years old? No. You're going to put uh, Zach Cozart or Jake so what Lamb you mean on there? by upgradable is what's available, not by what we need. If okay, I had, I to, upgrade, I if I I had to upgrade by free agents, you need Moncada to do well at third and Berger to come up and be good at third because there's nothing out there for you for the next couple of years because you missed on Manny Machado. Right. I mean, you are years away from a difference maker at that position. Unless you cultivate them or trade for them. This is not going well. (laughs) It's not going well. 2023, Alex Bregman. We just have to wait till that long. Okay, I'm good. Hey, man. That long for Alex Bregman. Let's see, I'll be what, 45, 46? (laughs) Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books.
Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? <laughs> I felt like it. Anyway. Before we run out of time, we are out of time. Give us, give me thirty seconds. All right. I just wanted to make a uh, quick dedication, if you don't mind. Oh yeah. On this episode. Yeah, I know. Um, so wanted to dedicate this episode to uh, one of my dear friends and and someone that Chris and I both uh, went to high school with, Stephanie Tomlin. We just found out uh, she passed away this week, um, and uh, she was a huge, huge White Sox fan, biggest White Sox fan you'd ever meet. Huge Paul Canerco fan. She used to go around referring to Paul Canerco as the future Mr. Stephanie Tomlin. Um, so I just wanted personally. 41 to, years old. Yeah, 41 years old. Passed away. Just wanted to dedicate this episode and, to her. And, and uh, we're going to dedicate this one to Steph. And I, I want to say this too. And I was thinking about this today. I was laid up after a surgery last year. And I already had that show, The Broadcast Basement, but it was the only podcast I was doing. Right. And she started a fan page on Facebook called diehard White Sox fans. Yes. And you and I were on there and we were on and we were, we were on her page, but she started the page and she's the admin who was in charge of the whole page. And myself and another guy uh, were on there all the time commenting. And she said, Hey, do you guys want to take it over? Because you guys probably pay attention to one more than me. And then we were all chit-chatting and somebody said, you guys should do a podcast. Yeah. That, that page that she started was the impetus for this podcast. That page is the reason this podcast is here. Because I had not considered doing one. And if she wouldn't have started that page, this show would not be here. This show would not be just one of the biggest things that you can get. I mean, this is, I look at ratings. Like, there's a website, podbean.com. If you look at it, this show is the top White Sox podcast out there in terms of downloads. Now, podcasting is not an exact science, and I'm sure somebody else could find stats somewhere else. But we're clearly one of the biggest podcasts out there for the White Sox. And it's not by intent. It's just two friends that are sitting around talking. Right. But none of that happens without Stephanie starting that page. And to wake up this morning and see on Facebook that she had passed away. We were friends in high school, you and I and her. Brother Rice uh, High School Marching Band. Yep. Okay. State-of-the-art grand champions in 1993 and 1995. Yep. It was was rough news to take today, but we wanted to make sure that we dedicated the show to her. She was a huge White Sox fan. And she's one of those people that you sit there, we'll sit there later on and say, it's a shame she only got to see one world championship. In 41 years, she got one world championship from this team. And she loved them every moment of her life. And that's why White Sox fans deserve better. Because there's people like her who lived and died with this team. And they have to deal with this kind of disappointment. And they should be ashamed of themselves the way that they've been doing things lately. Yeah, I agree. Her dying pisses me off more about the White Sox. (laughs) Like, I'm mad at the White Sox even more today because of the fact that she died with only one world championship. But thank God she at least got one. Absolutely. No credit to Kenny Williams. So, anyway. So, thank you, Steph. We love you. And, um, yeah, that's, that's all I Let's do a got. shot. Move on. Let's. All right. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.